Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising post-game show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, my name is Ramon Chavez, and of course, we have El Jefe, Edwin, checking in with that awesome shirt. How you doing, sir? Uh, I mean, I was doing good. I was doing good on my night, but obviously a tough result, Ramon, a result that none of us expected, really. I mean, yeah. a, a loss in the two Las Vegas lights. It's mm-hmm. a little crazy, a crazy game for sure, Ramon. Yeah, no, it wasn't a great game. We'll we'll dissect that a little bit further um, a little bit later on. But I do want to shout out everybody on the chat right now. Uh, Rusty, we got Alex, Tyler, uh, Christo, Rob, all the all the people that are waiting for us. So let's get it out. This is a safe zone. It's it's the first loss of the season. I understand there's some frustration. I I'm watching the game here, and and I'm, even my girlfriend's like, "Hey, what's going on with these guys? We know that's not how they play. We know that's not." Uh, uh, you know the the way rising operates so let, let's let's concentrate on maybe some of the good parts but definitely let's talk about the bad parts as well so but uh but yeah d- definitely a crazy game the the first of all the <laughs> the the television setup was just weird i this is probably one of my first games watching the las vegas uh lights operate and it was not great i know owen was kind of preparing us on tuesday uh owen but yeah this was pretty bad and that field atrocious what did you think about that it was so questionable. Like I, I, I'm used to you know Las Vegas. I think this is your first kind of as as you said your first like little trial with Las Vegas. Yeah. But oh my god, it, I, I couldn't tell what happened. I feel if it was dead, if they tried to paint over it, I I couldn't clearly tell. I mean, look, taking outside what happened on the field because that's what we're going to talk about. I think yeah. just the whole setup of Las Vegas wasn't that that ideal. I mean, you had the music playing like it was a basketball the whole game. Yeah. You had the mattresses, which was very questionable close to yeah, the there, field. There was kids jumping, and uh, that's another thing my girlfriend said. She's like, why are there kids in the field? It's like, well, they're, they're, they have this thing with mattresses and all this stuff. So I think Vegas does a really good job to get you out of your element as a soccer player, right? Because, yeah. of course, Rising are, are used to the pristine – you know, green carpet that we have over there at Wild Horse Pass. But when they show up over there and it, lo- and it looks like a Sunday, you know, league field where the ball bounces and skips the, the way you're not used to. And, of course, you have the distraction. You have the loud music. You, you know, at, as soon as the game ended, they put fireworks up right away and they shut down the lights, which was really weird. So it, it's it's just a total distraction. And I think I think it might have worked tonight uh, for Vegas. So, unfortunately, they uh, rising weren't, weren't able to get the results. So let's start, you know, talking about the game a little bit, Edwin. Uh, we got some great comments here. Uh, Josh says, I don't know what was worse, the field or the play. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> Both. Alex, is, Alex is asking if that's a Van Halen photo. Uh, Edwin. I, do. I do. There are some Van Halen photos here. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah. Tyler wants to talk about the bad. We'll talk about that right now. Clearly not settled with this new line. Uh, Scott is saying we knew that would sit deep and counter, but could do little about it. Midfield good, but uh, but not a new lineup. So um, kids playing on the sidelines. Yeah, you have Vegas stuff over there. Um, yeah, let, let's talk about you know let's talk about the lineup for a second just to okay. get started over here. So bi- the big news for me was that Hurst was not starting. They, uh, Rick Sean decided to go with Repetto. That was a big surprise for me, given the amount of of creativity creativity and the amount of input that he had on the goals last week against Monterey Bay. What did you think about that? I was very kind of distraught maybe to see that because I think if something's working, why, why would you, why would you go away from it? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. why would you ruin a dynamic that got, got you four goals last week? Yeah. It is my biggest question because nothing against Rapetto. I think he's a solid player. I mean, he he ended up scoring one, but 
tonight, I don't think it was his night. It was the weak link, and it seems like, you know, he wasn't meshing with the other attackers. And someone who was meshing last week was Greg Hurst. Yeah. You know, so if you're going to – if you're going to go away from from that, why do it in, in a formation that, you know, worked last week with a different striker? For mm-hmm. me, if you're going to put Repetto in, and this is what I was thinking, you put him in with uh, Richmond Antwi for a 4-4-2. Yep. And that's a different element, a different formation, a different game, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I can understand that change. But if we're going to go with what worked last week, the same formation, same play style, then why take off the man who had a great game and, and had shouts for being the player of the game in Greg Hurst? That yeah. just blows my mind a little bit. No, definitely. Uh, Chad, if you guys are listening, let us know what you thought about that change. Like Edwin said, I was I was also surprised as well. And, you know, why if it works, why change it? Exactly. Like four goals in the first half. No other team in the USL even did that. Uh, in the first half or during the course of the entire game. So why would you mess with that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Hurst was the the link between the midfield, uh, Arturo Rodriguez and Quinn, and they, and he kind of opened up a lot more spaces for uh, Santi and Epps to operate. And it just made the 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 game easier for everybody. And for and Repetto kind of today, he was just kind of sitting there waiting for the ball. He wasn't he wasn't dropping down as much as Hurst did during that Monterey Bay. And I think. Vegas got content because they were happy to sit back and play that counterattack game and it worked successfully uh, to their advantage. So definitely something that, that kind of let me down. Hopefully Owen uh, is talking to Rick right now and lets us know what's going on with that, because I think a lot of rising fans are going to be questioning that move because ultimately, in my opinion, I think that might've cost rising the game tonight. So um, let's see some comments. Uh, Scott, to clarify my point, I don't think Jai on the back line and apps on the left wing aren't settled into the system yet. Yeah. Uh, let me bet. Uh, Crystal says, let me bench my striker who got in the USL team of the week. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little questionable. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I like, I, I don't know. Like we didn't see this coming. Like none of us like were tipped to us. And like you said, we, we have to see what um, Owen says. And obviously Rick's going to have a reasoning behind it and all yeah. that. But I mean, had a player in such a good week to Rapetto, who, I, in my opinion, was the weakest link of the team today. You know, mm-hmm. nothing against him, but I think there was times where he just missed big opportunities and he wasn't dropping back to kind of create that that connection up forward. And like you mentioned, how Hurst dropped back and, and created things last week. I don't think Rapetto did that well. So I think with one player and needs to prove from this performance, I think is definitely Rapetto. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was looking forward to see what he had because, again, he's fighting for his spot in the starting lineup as well. And I think this kind of showed that right now maybe Repetto is not in the best of form. You know, I, I remember when he came in the preseason, the first thing he did was be the man of the match. And so from then he kind of slowly kind of, you know, waned down as far as his, uh, his form uh, on the field is concerned. So definitely something to talk about. Uh, Phoenix Rising, I'm sure Rick has his reasons for going with Repetto, but I wouldn't be surprised if he regretted it. And I think so, too. I think maybe Rick tried something new, you know, thought it could work against Las Vegas. Ultimately, it didn't. But I, I don't think Repetto is completely at fault, but there was different factors on the field. And let's talk about those, Edwin. Um, I, I, the midfield, I, I think Lambert, he did not have his best game. I was really surprised that Rick was uh, he was the first substitute um, in that in this game. And. Yeah, I think he, I mean, the first goal came because of a Lambert miss, missed uh, pass in the midfield. And then uh, Danny Trejo and Cal Jennings were able to take advantage of that uh, and score the first goal. So what, what did you think? What was going on in the midfield and the back line? Anybody that was just not, not working out for you? Typically, the midfield is the strong suit to this team and they can win any midfield battle. Right. And that can sometimes a bit, you know, make up for a bad attacking game for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like the, uh, this midfield 
you know, kind of lost that battle today. And they had turnovers over there. And when you have turnovers both in the midfield and defensive side of the ball, that's where things are going to go wrong, you know? And I think for me, it wasn't one individual that played terribly. I think, you know, as a collective, they can shock up that midfield play bad. I just think the positioning and the way uh, the way that they kind of didn't help defensively and it seems like they couldn't create is is really their fault. You know, this midfield typically can do both in Excel and even if the team plays bad, they can typically carry the team to a draw. But that was not the case today. It, it seemed like the defense had to kind of make up for the falls maybe in the midfield a little bit mm-hmm. and then the attack too. But then also the, the defense kind of fell and the attack did too. So, again, a, a, another kind of flaw of the game was that, that that three that is always consistent and always good just didn't have it today. Yeah. Um, Alex says, uh, Repetto reminded me of a Dadashoff John style of play. Uh, Harrison says, great point, Edwin. Uh, Alex, a uh, really good comment here. I said, I also felt Trill didn't have that type of game yet in game one. In game one, it felt like the whole offense flowed through him. Today, he was getting beat. And I, I saw that, too. He was getting a little frustrated, especially with some of the calls from the ref. Uh, you know, Las Vegas was playing very physical, especially when he got the ball. And so I'm sure they had scouted him and then knew that, you know, he was the one to to kind of go after once he had the ball. But does that worry you, Ramon? Sorry to kind of cut you <laughs> off, but does that worry you that – a team like Las Vegas saw, hey, maybe we can beat them physically because this team is all about mimicking each other. Mm-hmm. And if they see that physicality maybe be Arturo's weak point, that they're going to attack that, or do you think that was just a one-week thing for Arturo? I, I mean, hopefully it's a one-week thing. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I think Arturo was frustrated because he knew he can play better. He knew that based on the last game, he was able to create more chances for his teammates. And tonight, just it wasn't there. Uh, I think some of the, you know, uh, like Scott was saying here, um, Hurst may have, you know, uh, masked some of the flaws in the game. And I think you and I, Edwin, we talked about it when those first four goals happened last week where we're like, I don't know if we can really measure rising because Monterey is so weak in, in the back. So this was a perfect example of of something that rising had to overcome. And, it, and I like that it's happening early in the season. I like yeah. that getting this out of the way. They're going to go home. They know they could have beat Las Vegas. Honestly, if we really think about it, Rising had like two or three chances that were cleared right at goal by by uh, by some of the Vegas defenders, and also Quinn had that you know that free kick that hit the post. So, you know, things can go either way when it comes to these games, but it comes down to execution, which is what Vegas did. So, uh, going back to your the, the Arturo question, hopefully he can have a big game. I think if he wants to move on to that next level, which we know this is a season to do it, he's going to have to overcome those. Those, you know, when they when they double team him or where they go after him, you know, physically, he's going to have to go over that just to to be able to not be a, not only be a better player, but ultimately become that centerpiece that rising need him to be. So definitely something to look out. Uh, Phoenix Rising says, I know our pass percentage was good, but there were a lot of passes no, uh, for nothing uh, or to Las Vegas. Um, a bright spot. I felt Kalistri played really well on the wing, and I thought so too. We'll talk about Kalistri in the second half, but yeah, uh, Rising had a lot of the possession, sixty to forty, basically in the first half. But again, not not a lot of not a lot of not a, uh, not a lot of chances generated. You know, they were kind of pinging the ball around, or they would lose it, recover it really quickly, and still not really know exactly what to do. So that was something of note that I that I saw. Um, I can I could see Santi's frustration again. Because he's just not getting those chances. That little half inch of space that he needs to take the shots just wasn't there. Um, he did have a couple that kind of went wide, but I could see I could see the frustration in the in the rising attack. Yeah, I think Santi Santi just needs the first one because I think 
I think he's putting, you know, not not to, you know, you know, gas and, and put it out in the world. You know, you might not be feeling this way, but it seems like the way he's playing, he's 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 putting a lot of pressure on getting that first goal. You know, it seems like as soon as that flows, I think he's going to get back to that Sante we saw last season. But uh, another point I wanted to make before I pass it back to you, Ramon, is the last year's theme was this rising team was very different away from home than home. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see that same theme this year? Because we're coming off of last week where there was not a lot of bad things to talk about, maybe a garbage time goal and all that. And, you know, but they seemed like incredible at home. Then they go away and they stumble. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's something you got to consider with this team. You know, I, it, it's it's a little worrisome for me because I thought, you know, maybe that was a last year theme, but it just seems to be a continued theme for this rising team is that away from home, they can't get points. And I think that's, they need these points early on, at least a way, at least to get a draw to set you up better in the future. Because when you're a team like Rising, mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, you got to be able to beat teams like Lights. There's no excuses, as the people yeah. have, mm-hmm. have said it in the comments. And you're 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 here to compete for the number one spot in the West and and in the whole you know in the whole USL. Mm-hmm. You can't do that by not getting points away. You got to pick up some wins. You got to get some draws. And this is one of those games that fit that situation, at least for me. Now the the. So one thing that kind of popped into my mind as you're saying that this is something that's continuing from last season and maybe just from the first game where the second half we saw rising not play as great during the last 30 minutes. Is this a mentality thing? Is this something that the coaching staff needs to focus on and letting the go the guys know? And I know Rick Chance is probably on these guys already, but is this something that the coaching staff needs to emphasize a lot more saying, you know what, from the start, you guys need to, you know, start playing and finish uh, playing hard and finish the game with the same attitude, with the same energy, because we saw the last 10, 15, 20 minutes of the game, Rising was coming in and doing the, as, as much as they they wanted, but why couldn't they do that the entire game? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at that point, like, what, what's going on with that? Like, and that, it just makes me question um, if there there's could there could be a little bit more uh, to be done on, on the coaching side of things when it comes to that, so. Yeah, not, not depend too much on that clutch factor, because, I mean, they, they brought in – who we call clutch Kalistri. Yeah. You know? And he played well off the, off the wing. And, you know, he's a reliable guy who, who can fight, uh, put you into the game and fight. But you, you can't be depending on that, especially against teams like, like the lights. If we were talking about a game against the Rowdies, you know, Louisville, then fair mm-hmm. enough. Those games are hard and I get it. Sometimes you're going to have to fight all the way to 90. But I think quality, you should be better from the rising side. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking away what Trejo did. You know, I, I got I got to I got to give credit, credit to what they did and what Las Vegas lights did. Yeah. But if we if we were put, just look at both teams in the starting 11s, you got to favor rising and to at least get a point out of the game. So that's just my disappointment. Yeah, no. And then now that you brought up Danny Trejo, let's talk about Las Vegas for a little bit. I got to I got to get props to uh, Enrique Duran, the the uh, the head coach for Las Vegas lights. They he brought his his players and they were ready to go from the start. You could see it in the energy and the way that they were pressing and chasing after the ball and they knew they probably weren't going to be able to have the possession as much as they did against New Mexico the week prior. So they said, you know what, let rising do their thing. We're going to sit back and we're going to re- rely on our main guys, which, which were Cal Jennings and Danny Trejo to make sure that we, that we hit Phoenix first, which is what they did. And Danny Trejo, man, we talked about it on Tuesday and I brought him up because last year he was a little bit injured. He came back towards the last few uh, games of the season and he made an impact and that's carried over to, the 2022 season and unfortunately i mean it happened today against rising of all teams but um but it's it's something to take of note danny trejo was amazing 
you know, I, I'm sure Rising already had, you know, the, their eyes kind of on him. But it's definitely something that, yeah, I I would have wanted for them to kind of stomp right out of the gate because Trejo was basically the only person besides Cal Jennings that were, you know, putting Rising on uh, on their toes. Because anytime he touched the ball on that left-hand side, especially it was I was worried for a goal or a great pass or or something because he he was he was a stud today so definitely something to keep an eye on. did you did you like his performance as well I mean for me um I thought he he did exceptional every time you left him one on one as as you mentioned every time you gave him a chance I think he took it he was not afraid to take on the rising's defense mm-hmm. and I think that's a big thing is you know a lot of teams you know they kind of played a little scared to rising you know they because rising's one of the bigger teams in the league yeah, seeing Trejo took on that challenge and, and made it a mission to, 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 to perform very well. I think his movement was very great. Um, he was constantly in the in the midfield trying to uh, create something for the attack, and I mean just his skill, phenomenal, and his finishing too. I think he he overall had had a great game, and you know, kind of was is an Achilles heel for uh, Rising. I mean, the man's got a lot of talent, and he kind of showed it in this game. Yeah, no, looking at his stats, he had three key passes, uh, five uh, dribble attempts, three successful. And on, on that's what I mean. Like, every time he touched the ball, I was just waiting for someone to cut in for him, and he was going to find him. There was one chance that he had in the first half that if he would have maybe laid off the pass a half second earlier, it would have been 2-0 uh, in the first half. And so uh, that that's how dangerous he was. And at the beginning of the second half, he was able to get his goal. So it, it's just, you know, maybe that's something that Rising needs to keep an eye out with those, you know, quick wingers that are able to dribble, you know, past the opposition, especially those one-on-ones, make sure not to get caught off guard, especially in the, in those situations. Cause that definitely, we saw that today. Yeah, no, no. Like you mentioned it, that, that, that definitely, that transitional defense was one of their, their lifeball because of people like Janie trail. So you got to give credit to him, but I mean, we're talking a lot, you know, I think we're being very pessimistic, Ramon. You know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do one. Owen too much, you know. What I'm yeah, saying? We're, we're we're around Owen too much, but we gotta talk about one bright spot, and that's our draft king, king of the game. So, yes, Ramon, you want uh, Ramon? You want to introduce that? Yeah, no. Out of all the the players today, I think uh, Aiden Quinn was the one that kind of was a little bit of a bright spot for me. He's the the consistency man, and we saw he almost uh, had the goal of the night with that free kick that hit the post. So. Uh, you got to put the little crown on him. Great, great placement there. I like that, Edwin. Good stuff right there. Uh, but yeah, he had two tackles and, and a lot of great uh, other stuff. But let's talk about Owen because he's over there in Las Vegas right now. Oh, that's conference. I want to hear it all, Owen. Let's bring it in because the chat's waiting too. I mean, I think the thing you have to bear in mind is that from the off, uh, tonight was a disaster both on and off of the field. Uh, the gimmicks we talked about this we talked about this on thursday and of course that article that went up earlier today about how rising we're going to deal with the gimmicks but today took things to a new level and it took things to a level that ultimately actually resulted from sources are telling me that rising did call the league multiple times during this game over issues that were occurring in the first half. Normally, we're used to the fact that we come to Vegas, we see stupid music, we see the llamas and all of that nonsense. But today, things took it to a new level. Multiple times in the first half, the uh, lights PA announcer referring to Arturo Rodriguez uh, using the pronoun she, which needless to say is not particularly appropriate, is it? Um, you know, comments were made at multiple times. As well. She needs to calm down. Someone needs to get her. Like, it, it just, 
that was the PA announcer that went yeah. out over the PA to the crowd. Uh, a person within the lights organization telling me that they did have a word with, with said PA announcer. However, I haven't been given any further comment as of this time. I have reached out. I uh, was directed towards their, their owner, Brett Lashbrook, but he is yet to reply to my request for comment there. But that, of course, really putting a damping on this game. Uh, there were other incidents. I mean, there were, there were times where there were just noises at times when Ben Lump was going for saves. Um, you know, the music was being played while the ball was in play, and that's just not really acceptable. Um, and then at the final whistle, there was a bit of a scrap. Rising players were not happy about the fact that they didn't believe that enough added time had been played. Uh, yes, there'd been the five minutes, but they believed that time had been wasted during that game. Uh, and ultimately, a lot of them go around the referees and suddenly the lights all shut out. You have fans streaming onto the pitch, despite announcements telling them, please do not. So you have multiple fans on the field while they're trying to get the players off. It, it's just really not acceptable. And and Rick Shantz in his post-game press conference remarks was really, really adamant that he just didn't think that any of this was acceptable. Yeah. Wow. No, that is, that is insane, man. I, I can't even believe that. I mean, I believe that it happened, but it's just that's insane. Edwin, what do you, what do you think about this stuff, man? It, it's so Las Vegas, right? And I hate to just, just keep saying that, but... I mean, just... we. I mean, the last show we did, we did a list about God-tier... And all the crap that they did. I mean, it seemed like the whole game, Owen, it was a God-tier God kind of bullcrap that they were pulling on the Rising. Look, I mean, some of the stuff, right, is stupid. Some of the stuff is, and I mean, I haven't even mentioned the pitch yet. The playing surface here is is frankly abysmal. Um, I know that before the match, Rick told me that he'd asked for a pre-match inspection of the field. The referees went out and deemed that this field was playable, that it was safe. But clearly, that isn't what Rick Shantz believed going into this match. Look, I... There are things that are stupid. There are things that distract people. And there are things that just really cross a line. And I think that the remarks in the first half, as we know, you know, uh, the, the kind of misogynistic jibes in that sense just really crossed the line. And, you know, again, I, I would not be surprised if we do hear that the league is involved here. The problem is, of course, the league's always involved. You know, Vegas does so many things that, that break league rules uh, and repeatedly get fined for it. And yet we never see anything change. Uh, and if that's the question, you know, if that's what's going to happen, you really have to question what's the point in the rule being on the books in the first place? You know, if they're just going to pay the fine every week, why, why does it matter? Yeah. Why even have the rule? Many changes. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think uh, Kieran is uh, summing it up correctly here with this comment saying that there are a bunch of clowns over there. And we saw it. You know, you could tell the players were frustrated on the field as well. Uh, all the stuff that's going on, extracurricular you know, uh, you know, like you're saying, like the mattresses right next to the pitch and all this stuff. And that was just weird at the end of the match. So I don't know if you have any more insight on what happened with where the, the fireworks supposed to go right after the match or what? what? I, I mean, that that's my understanding. Look, Vegas lets its fans on the field after the conclusion of the match. Um, normally, they make them wait five minute cooling off period. Today, they were meant to wait until the end of the fireworks display. That mm -hmm. didn't happen. Fans were on the field prior to that moment, uh, and and we're out there at a time when the players are trying to get off the field. And yeah, look, yeah, again, it's it's remarkable that we're here talking about things that happened tonight that shouldn't have happened. Things that you know happened. Not even talking about rising and rising. We can do a whole other discussion now coming up on where it went wrong with rising and how they got caught and and all of that. But you know, 
every time I, I pass it over to you guys, I just remember another thing that happened tonight that, that was unacceptable, right? Yeah. So we have the mattresses. We've had that discussion before. Rick has made his comments before that he doesn't think that a lot of that stuff field side by there is safe, that it's really putting player safety at risk. What did we see today? We saw Manuel Madrid go straight into one of those mattresses. Yeah. And, and now, you know, they're going to have to evaluate him. Uh, just on that injury front, while we're at it, I'll say as well, uh, Kev Lambert, he said that he was okay. Um, for those of you who are wondering why he came off, uh, Rick said he thought that he looked like he was laboring a bit, so they might have to to look into, you know, where, where he is with that and whether he has actually injured himself in some way. We'll have to see. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just a strange one. Hopping on this call now and it... <laughs> Look, tonight, I I have been to Vegas several times before. I've seen several games up here, and I have gotten used to, to an extent, the shenanigans, the, the you know, the llama on the field, the motorbike that just goes across the pitch before game kicks off, and all of that nonsense. But today, just really, it's just tiring, you know? And at some point the league has to do something about this, you know, we're at the point whereby the league's refusal to do something about this is the league's complicity in all of the nonsense that happens here. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I think you're right. And, uh, uh, and just to bring it back to that, the, the lights thing, because I'm watching the stream and I don't think the announcers even wanted to address the fact that they just turned off the lights and now it literally, happened. Oh, yeah, they just shut them off. Like, yeah. And then it happened exactly off. when the whistle blew. I saw the players complaining because, of course, they wanted that that corner kick. And like, if you're saying that there were fans rushing on the field while the players are still there, now that's that's a security issue as well, you know, because you don't know what might happen. You know, especially you can't even see things. Especially with the lights off, how do you deal with something? It, when the lights go off, you yeah. have fans rushing onto the field. How do you deal with that as a safety issue? You can't. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. You had the police running on there, right? There were a handful of police officers here who ran straight over towards where the referees were. They had to put their phone, like torches and phone lights, effectively to see. That's what, what I, was, was I was imagining. Yeah, that people just have their phone lights out just to see where they're at. <laughs> it's just nonsense. Yeah, utter nonsense. Um, switching a little bit, Owen. Uh, anything from the the post game uh, press conference? Anything Rick uh, had to say about tonight's performance? Uh, so yeah, they were. You believe they didn't quite show the metal that they need to. Um, they went into this game not showing the desire, the fight necessarily that they wanted. He wants to see out of them. Um, he doesn't think the performance overall was good enough. They were poor in transition moments, and that's when guys like Danny Trejo really, really caught them um, in those transition moments. It was, you know, just that those couple of players. And it's intriguing because Danny Trejo isn't the guy I would have picked at the start of this game who was going to be the main threat. Not that he's a bad player, but that I would have said, especially when Danny Masovsky is named to the, the uh, lineup, you think he's going to be dangerous, and you know that Cal Jennings can well be dangerous as well. But at the end of the day, yeah, it, it just wasn't really quite good enough in, in those kind of moments. The one thing I will say, if you are looking for fight from this team, just look at the passion they had at that final whistle. I know you couldn't see most of it, unfortunately, with the way the lights went off. But the way that they were at that final whistle, it was really a very emotional moment. Walking in, uh, walking in under the dugout and just, you know, going into... Um, to speak to Rick just inside, I can tell you that, that Darnell King, in frustration coming off of the field there, uh, picked up and tossed a bin. So, look, no, those boys have taken that one hard. Um, I Ultimately, they need to regroup, though, and, and look towards next week. Yeah. 
No, and I saw I saw Darnell King talking to the ref several times and 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 going pretty hard at him regarding the calls that were on the field and what was going on surrounding the field as well. Especially, I think I saw him maybe talking to him while the Madrid Madrid, Madrid stuff was going on on the silence as well. So that's something definitely of note. Uh, anything else? Uh, did you get a chance to talk to any other players there? Uh, given the circumstances, given the way that we effectively rushed in uh, underground, there was a lot of shenanigans even. I I don't know how to go into it. Just even underneath, there was problems with, yeah, even things as small as the food order was wrong. Would you believe the post-game food order was wrong? Um, they were busy trying to fix that under there. But look, it was a just a bizarre circumstance. No, no players were made available tonight after the game. Yeah. Um, it was just Rick and just speaking to him about effectively everything that happened tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure we'll find out more coming up uh, these next few days. But uh, I think the big question, and, and this is what Edwin and I were talking about before you sh- you hopped on the stream, was the decision to go with uh, Claudio Repetto instead of Greg Kirsch. Mm-hmm. an amazing game. So any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the reason behind that that Rick told me is that uh, Greg Hurst suffered a, a minor knock yesterday, um, wasn't 100% fit. And so while he was available for selection, well, you know, it wasn't that bad that it ruled him out the decision was made that they were going to go with Claudio Repetto because they felt that he was in a better state fitness wise to be able to go out there and, and play the match today and then did you feel like Repetto was able to kind of capitalize on this opportunity that he was given or do you think because I thought uh in my opinion that Repetto was maybe slowing them down creatively up top but but any any thoughts on I mean, he, he got a, he got a goal, so there's always that uh, slight bit of positivity that you can always take. Um, look, you know, a good striker, even if they're having a bad game, gets their chance and takes a goal. Look, I think that as a whole, you are you are right that things weren't quite necessarily clicking in the uh, final third at times, long periods of time for rising. Um, I know that Rick. Look, if, the problem with this, and this is. I feel like I'm harking back. I'm harking back to all the other stuff that I hopped on the call and I'm immediately complaining about, you know, this is bad, that's bad, everything. But you can't always divorce all of that, unfortunately. One of the things that Rick did say is that at times, you know, they're out there trying to play a game of football and they're playing it on a pitch that quite frankly resembles something that I'm used to seeing for Sunday League. Ramon, do you see these kind of pitches for Sunday League, right? That's it's, what I played on last week, yeah, exactly. Look, look, <laughs> I mean, you, you look at it, it looks like Benedict Park to me. I'm going to be perfectly frank. Exactly, um, yeah. But, you know, and, and on a pitch like that, it's hard to play football. And you know what I mean by that, right? It's hard yeah. to play a, a good passing, on-the-ground kind of game. And what you try end up doing then, as a result, is both sides try playing long. They try playing direct mm. because if you can't play the ball on the ground you're going to play the ball in the air and ultimately i don't think that's necessarily i, I know that claudio is, is billed as this target nine um but a lot of rising's danger is the fact that they have playmakers out wide that can do a lot with in those kind of situations you know marcus epps is great with the ball at his feet santi moa terrifies people with the ball at his feet so if you're going to try and play aerial game it's it's Look, things like that and all those kind of conditions always serve an underdog. Yeah. Um, that's just the way that it is. And yeah, at home. Yeah. Do I think that rising at times up top were, were toothless? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, you know, you come here and score one goal in Vegas. They didn't. They scored more than that in every game they played against them last year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, look, I'd have to look these up and I'm trying to do so, but we'll... 
we'll see in a bit. I don't think they've only scored one goal against Vegas for quite some time. I remember it happening in the 2019 season when they came here and won 1-0, but these <coughs> sorry, these games are high-scoring games. And yeah, and that's what well, we talked about on Tuesday. Yeah, because I think we all said maybe like 4-1 or something like that. Yeah. That was going to be the Yeah, result. we were all expecting this to be some really, you know, not only were Rising going to be incredibly dangerous, they were going to be a really high-scoring team tonight because they do. They come here and they score goals, right? Yeah. Even on the poor field, even with all the distractions, they come here and score goals. Tonight, none of that clicked. Um, and ultimately, the team is going to have to do a bit of soul-searching. Um I know that Rick said that, you know, he's not going to be too hard on the boys tonight. That's not, he's not the kind of coach that goes into the locker room and, and screams and shouts. But yes, they need to show more fight. They need to show more going forward and doing all of that things. And they need to be more switched on sometimes in those transition moments. Yeah. Um, ultimately, the combination of all of that results in a pretty poor loss. Yeah, and I was telling Edwin, because uh, I see this comment here from Alex. He says, yeah, the shenanigans suck. The feel is terrible. But it doesn't really change the fact that we played terribly. I don't think necessarily they played so badly that they couldn't have won this game, even with the level of playing that they had. Just because of the of the fight that they had in the second half. And I was telling Edwin, there was two or three times where there was like a goal clearance from Vegas that could have switched the game uh, and mm-hmm. changed the momentum overall. So, I, I like as much as, you know, I'm, I am upset about the loss, I think we should add some context to it and yeah. and know that Rising will, will not take this lightly and come out stronger next time. I mean, it's still early in the season, right? Um, we're still only in game two, but the problem is, is that you come out of this now and, you know, this was one of those games early doors that you sit there and say, well, that's going to help you. That's going to give you confidence. That's going to get you into the kind of rhythm that you need to be in when in a couple of months down the line, you've got Tampa Bay coming to Phoenix. You've got Birmingham Legion coming to Phoenix. You've got Miami FC coming to Phoenix. You're having to travel away to Louisville. You're playing all of these really difficult games um, and this is the kind of game that you've got to take three points because, you know, it's yeah. would a draw have felt good at the end? I'm sure it would have, right? Yeah. Two nil down, you fight back for a draw. You always would have. But the question, I guess, and this is the one I'd like to put to, to both of you guys here, which do you think that a, a draw, or do you think that anything less than a win tonight really was was sufficient for Rising? No. Because of what Rising can do. You know, I think all of us, after last week, and knowing the way Rising lines up against Lights, should have expected at least a win. I mean, it's one thing to say if we all predicted 2-1 to one and all that. We predicted a 4-1 win. Just because talent-wise, yes, Trejo was very dangerous for them and all that. But it... They're, the reason why they did so well, I think, was a mediocre to bad performance from a lot of these players. I think it, it takes a lot for Rising to lose that game. And to be fair, they almost got the draw. So that, I think that just speaks volumes that Rising should be able to come out even you know with the distractions. Listen, don't get me wrong. It's very hard to play in all those circumstances and all that. And uh, But knowing Rising, their talent, and you know, they should be able to pull out a win. You know, it doesn't have to be the prettiest of wins, but you take those three points, you move on. Because with rising the expectations to be on top of the West and do all that, if you do that, you got to be able to win no matter the circumstances sometimes, especially against teams that are very beatable in the lights. That's a, that's at least how I view it. I don't know if Ramon feels the same way. No, no, I feel the same way. Uh, they they should have won tonight. That's the, the, There's an expectation for this team to be the best of the league. 
Uh, they weren't able to get the job done tonight. Now, if they would have walked away with the draw, I wouldn't have been upset just because of the fight that they that they they would have had to you know put in to to be able to get that one point. But I think. And I talked about this on Thursday that one of my concerns is being able to keep a clean sheet. That's not happening. There's something going on in that back line. It's early in the season. I understand that. But I think it's now a little bit more concerning now, especially losing to this Vegas side. We have San Diego that's coming into town. They beat Sacramento tonight. And that's a Sacramento team that I thought would have been able to easily beat San Diego. But that wasn't the case. So I think the next game at home against San Diego is going to tell us a lot more about what this rising team or who they really are and what can we expect moving forward. Because Monterey, like we're saying, Edwin, when we're at the game, we can't really judge them. Monterey, you know, first time in the league, you know, the defense is, is suspect. Tonight didn't work out for them. So now they need to have that bounce back game against San Diego. So hopefully mm-hmm. they're able to do it and uh, and they're able to tell us, show us the talent that they have, which we should be able to we should be able to see on the field for me ramon uh i want to i'll kind of pose this to you owen because i kind of pose this to ramon (laughs) last year we saw a team that's very different to home than away you know we saw a rising team that's undefeated can score goals easily at home and and was unbeatable yet away they it seems like they had a theme of they were beatable and they they had their weaker performances so um, for me the next game i'm looking forward to is their next road game so owen do you think that's going to be a similar theme to last year where Every time they go away from Phoenix, it, it seems that they're going to struggle again. That's a good question. Um, it's a really good question. And I think the thing you have to remember is that Rising's next away game, if I'm not mistaken, is San Antonio FC away. That's not going to be an easy game. And it's not going to be an easy game for reasons that are, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. They're a good team, right? You know, they've, they, they won against Detroit. They fought a hard-fought battle in L.A., uh, where I believe it finished 10 players against 10 players. You know, two red red card dished out either side in that game. Um, came back. They Well, no, sorry. Uh, David Luera got the scoring started in that game. Then L.A. Galaxy equalized. And then San Antonio um, managed to, to, to win the game. Look, I, I think that it'll be hard, actually, if, to take too much from that one as to whether we're going to talk about away form or not. Because again, if you're playing one of the best teams in the league, it's especially away from home, you expect to struggle there, right? I Tonight was a day that we expected Rising to come home with three points. I think that a point away to San Antonio would be a good result. Mm-hmm. And and so that's why it's hard to maybe tell the, the form in that sense. No, I mean, that, that that's very fair. I mean, because there's going to be road tests where I think that it's going to be unfair to us if we keep criticizing them that they don't get the full three points, you know, you know, there's going to be a road test that are going to be more difficult. I think for me, the issue is a match against Las Vegas lights on the road should be at least three. It should be three points. You know, that this is one of the road games that worry me at least the performance wise, because this, this is one of the games that kind of reminded me of last year where I'm like, this team's not the same team that I just saw last week at home. You know, and, and it's because of teams like this and performances like this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we get uh, here to to the home stretch of the post game show, guys, I do want to talk to you uh, about DraftKings. Some amazing games tonight. If you guys were watching college basketball, I know I'm sorry to switch the the subject really quickly, but um, if you are a college basketball fan, this is the time to join DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, the this is a a great time, like I'm saying, like tonight. 
there were some amazing games. So if you haven't hopped on, definitely download the app and make your bets. Uh, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Um, if you win, they uh, if they win, you win. So make sure to download the app. You can also bet on college hoops and other stuff like the NBA, uh, the MLB that's coming up with same game parlays. You can combine multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Uh, download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with the with the promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. You do have to be 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right, cool. Well, yeah. t- today I didn't win. I'll say that much, unfortunately. <laughs> Anyone who was following my picks, actually, all three of my picks were wrong. Um, I guess I got lucky last weekend. Uh, very lucky last weekend. No, like I'm saying, like that result with uh, Sacramento, I, I I was this close about to bet to bet on them as well. But uh, it's just uh, you never know, and that's what makes makes the USL a great league, you know. Next week, next week, come on, it's coming next week. You got it. You got it. Um, Emma here in the comments has some great questions here. Um, after this game, how do you guys see the rest of the season going? Personally, it's too early to tell. We'll, we'll see what's coming up, but what do you guys think? I, I, I Before Owen goes, I know if Owen's going to think about it a little bit. I got to echo what you said. I I think this is one of the games that the team's going to learn a lot from. Yeah. I think you'd rather have have this happen earlier than later in the season because you, you're, you're going to learn a lot. You know, you're going to learn that you're you're not perfect. You know, you have things to fix. You you realize the importance of players like Greg Hurst, too, to his formation. So there's a lot of learning points that I think the way they respond to this is going to tell us how the season goes. I, I think, you know, coming off of a win, it's easy to say, oh, this, this season is going to be, you know, all happy, all wins and all that. But after a loss, you know, then the world's going to die, you know. But it's like it's like it's it's the opposite ends. For me, it's how they respond from this. That's going to be telling to what we're going to expect to the team. Are they going to be a good team on the road as much as home? There's going to be a lot to tell. So for me, I'm still indecisive. Yeah, I, I tend to think that Edwin's right. Look, this team has sometimes started seasons slow. Um, we've, we've seen that before. 2019, remember, this team really struggled early goals. And then they won 20 games in a row, right? So... Look, is this team on paper one of the best teams in the league? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without doubt. And so a result like tonight is a real wake-up call. Uh, but it's not necessarily, I think, the you know, a, a bad foreshadowing. Um, we need to see more than, than this to, to really start to panic, I think, in that sense. But that doesn't excuse the fact that tonight's showing wasn't up to standard. Yeah, definitely. Um, Owen, you did get a chance to catch up with Rick and, and ask him uh, about the game. So let's go ahead and, and see what Rick had to say after the game. So uh, just first thoughts coming out of that one. Um, look, I mean, they had a, they got an early goal on a transition. We told them that uh, we told our guys to expect transition moments that Cal Jennings, Danny Masovsky and Danny Trejo are very fast, very athletic. Um, you know, after that, I think we never really got into our flow. It was very difficult. You can't play soccer on this field. It's a joke. So we're just kicking it long. They're kicking it long, and you just run into each other. It's Then you have beds on the sidelines, and 
uh, a very intense game like this. Um, look, it sounds like sour grapes, but we lost. Uh, I, I think the league needs to do a serious evaluation of this organization. The way they treat the game is, uh, is embarrassing. Um, you know, the rest of it is we lost the game of soccer that was supposed to be played out there. That was the fireworks you could hear in the back, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Owen, you weren't joking about the fact that he's describing a Benedict Sports Complex uh, Sunday league game when, when it comes to the field and just kicking the ball and running into each but other. It was. I mean, that field is atrocious. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm staring at it now. You know, if I turn my turn my laptop around, like, you, you'd... Well, you probably wouldn't see, because, unfortunately, it's a laptop camera. Um, <laughs> but, look, it... I mean, I mean, I feel like we, we've done a lot of that to death now, but just, just so you know, guys, there you go. You heard what Rick had to say. Um, that, that was slightly better than me paraphrasing, but oh. the one thing I took from the videos, you heard the fireworks. You saw how frustrated he was every time it came off. Yeah. He kept giving it a glance over the fireworks. I was like, oh my God. Every time the fireworks would come in, I was just like, I'm standing there, I'm holding this microphone. Right, yeah. and I'm just having to push it closer and closer into him. Like I'm hoping that I can hear him because I, I tell you what, it was actually good. The video picked it up better than I was hearing him. I'm gonna be honest. Like <laughs> that stuff was echoey. Ew, no, yeah, no, not not great. But at least we had lights under there. At least there were lights under there, <laughs> unlike out here. They got to give us something, right? So, <laughs> uh, but no, definitely you could see the frustration and you could hear the frustration in, in Rick and uh, I'm sure. He, him and, and the rest of the staff are going to be making some phone calls, you know, to the league because, yeah, that's that's unacceptable, especially, you know, when you yep. lose points and you lose in that manner. It's, it's just not a good look for anybody. No, and I, I mean, you, you are spot on. Rick will be making phone calls. That was he was asked uh, what was, you know, what are you doing now looking ahead to the next weekend? You know, the kind of classic, OK, how are you picking yourself up? And the thing is, I'm not even thinking about next weekend. I've got some phone calls to make. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, all that went on. There's distractions. Again, we beat a dev. We're not going to repeat what happened. But it's just not not a suitable, you know, condition to play in. It's yeah. not for any team, you know, so it's just unfair. Yeah, not great. But, but yeah, guys, just to kind of wrap things up here, what, what can fans like that, you know, are, are definitely, you know, feeling bad about this, this loss tonight? But they got San Diego coming up. San Diego plays in the middle of the week to play on Wednesday against Tulsa. So they might be, you know, a little bit tired when it comes uh, when they come to, to Wild Horse Pass. So what can you tell people and fans that are expecting a win next week? Anything that they should be looking forward to? I think that the while the result was a disappointment, while the performance was a thorough disappointment, um, I think that the passion that was shown at the end of the game, I think that the frustration that was shown both during and at the end of the game um, are signs that, you know, these aren't guys who have come here and are just taking money and don't care. These guys cared about the fact that they came out here and didn't do well enough. Um, And now the challenge is, is channeling that and turning that into... Uh, the fight to win that they need next weekend. Um, I, and look, that, that's the challenge, isn't it? You know, the good news at least is the desire is there. Whether they showed it at times tonight or not, the fact that the boys were so frustrated at the end of the game just shows you that they, they do care, that they want to win, 
um, and that hopefully they can channel that into next week and, and get that win next weekend. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Owen. I'm going to you know, echo a little of what he said, but fans should expect that this is not going to become a routine. This team is too talented uh, you know, in the USL just to kind of have these performances day in, day out with the passion, as Owen said, and just the, the pure skills that a lot of them have. A lot of them had not their best games, and yet they were somewhat in this game. So you gotta you gotta think moving forward, they're gonna learn a lot from this game. That they're gonna, you know, come practice time. You saw how much frustrated Rick was. Owen told us how frustrated the captain Darnell King is. If you don't think that they're gonna come out and respond very well next week, then I don't know what to tell you because it it's very clear that next week this this game is gonna be very intriguing. It's gonna tell a lot about this team, and I'm very excited about it because I think that the whole you know the whole team. Could, could use could use this loss as a learning point, and I'd rather them take this now early in the season than later come playoff time in an early round exit. So that's at least what yeah, I'm taking. It's, it, it's early doors, right? This is the wake up call. It is the reminder to the team at the start of the year that look, you might be a great team on paper, but this game isn't played on paper. It's played on a very poor pitch in Vegas. And I'm sorry, I had to get that drive in. Um, <laughs> Look, they've got to really step it up next week. And if they don't, then I think actually, if they, I'll say it now. If if the performance next weekend is like the performance tonight, I will be concerned. Yeah. Um, and that's that's my quota of negativity now for this. Uh, <laughs> Need for, for the rest of the night, I'm sure. But um, Look, I, I think they hopefully they will learn from this. Um, they will take this as the wake-up call. And going into the rest of the season now, we're going to see a, a better team that that is better prepared to fight for it on the pitch. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining tonight. Uh, Edwin, thank you so much for, for displaying your uh, Van Halen collection back there behind you. I love it. Uh, I know the chat loved it as well. Owen, uh, safe travels on your way back to Phoenix. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thank don't you. get involved in any shenanigans yeah. over there, all right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of shenanigans are in Las Vegas. Saturday night in Vegas. You never know what Owen's going to be up to. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I also want to. I don't even have any comment for that. I don't even have any comment for that. <laughs> yeah, shout I've, out got to drive, I've got to drive home tomorrow. You know, I'm That's true. behaving myself. <laughs> yeah, shout out to uh, the chat Tyler, Rusty, Emma. Uh, Scott, thank you for joining in tonight and thank you for being so passionate about the team. And it, it makes this, you know, uh, post game show a lot more lively with having you here. So we definitely appreciate you. And if you haven't yet, make sure to follow us on Twitter, PHNX underscore underscore rising. Pointing. Double the underscores. Not double the fun tonight, but normally it's double the fun. <laughs> We're close to 500. So if you guys can get us there, we would love it. We would definitely appreciate it. We will be back on Tuesday uh, with more of a breakdown of tonight's uh, loss here uh, or over there in Vegas and uh, get, uh, get you some updates from the team. So thank you so much for tuning in to the PHNX Rising postgame show. We will see you on Tuesday. Take care.